trying something here while I'm getting warmed up. Get some music as my blood's going. Don't worry. You'll hear the rest of this song. Welcome to Ink Pulp Jr., everybody. Uh, episode 3 of this Patreon-exclusive podcast. Um, it's going okay. I'm enjoying it. I'd like to get more patrons. Uh, so any help you can give on that front would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um... I started something new where, before Emerald City, I did a series of uh, five Gotham villains. I was wanting to explore using positive and negative space, controlling uh, where I render, where I don't render all, trying to lead the eye to specific areas of the composition. And I, I feel like I opened the door on a lot I've been trying to get to with my work. I've been very drawing-focused in my work, and I haven't been as design-focused, and honestly, my strength lies in my design. Um, so I'm trying to bring that more into it, and these, these uh, little series, that series I did help open the door. So I'm going to continue to do them before cons. So uh, you'll notice I have little polls I'm putting up on the patron, Patreon account that are just curious to see what you guys would like to see in terms of these series. I'm trying to keep it to stuff that will sell. Uh, I mean, hopefully I get to a point where my craft is enough that people just want to buy my art. I don't feel like that's the case now. Although Gotham Villains, I don't know, they, they sold. I don't know that that's the most popular. I mean, it's Gotham. It's popular. What am I talking about? So, yeah. So, I got Phoenix um, coming up in May. And then Heroes Con. And um, some shows after that. So, I'm going to be trying this stuff. And I'm going to try to keep my schedule open to explore it. Because it allows me to grow as an artist. Um, which is nice. And it just was fun to do. It's also nice to show up to a con um, with a bunch of drawings. So... You can still sell some art and not have to worry that you're not drawing all day. I mean, it's kind of nice to take the drawings a little slower at the show, not take as many commissions, because I sold some that I drawings I chose to do. Um, but yeah, all good. Um, I'm not sure what else I have to talk to. Please, please just help spread the word about the patron. I, I Patreon. I need to. Um, uh, I'm gonna be. Like, I launched such an aggressive campaign in January, I kind of backed off. I felt like I was flooding everyone, but I'm going to try to do, like, once-a-week posting. So if you see stuff, just repost or spread the word. A lot of you are spreading the word, and, and I really appreciate that. Uh, we're at a community of 57 people right now, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how big of a fan base this podcast could reach... Um, I, I mean, I assume I'm limited based on my own... If, if I was, like, a huge selling artist, I'd probably have people subscribing just because they're fans of the art, but I like the fact that it's fans of the podcast coming here. I'm, I'm trying to bring both worlds together, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyways, yeah, I'd like to see it grow. I do have a goal in mind, as you can see on the account. 
Uh, I'd like to reach 4000 a month. I am way off of that, but it's a long-term goal. And if I don't get there, I'm not going to be upset. But that, I said, would allow me to do more of this and devote more time to this because it would be a significant amount of my income coming from this, which would make this my main job, which would be pretty fucking awesome. Um, trying to get out to Portland at some point. There's a lot I want to record there. Uh, a lot of people are interested. I uh, Brandon Graham said he was interested, which is huge because I've been really interested in having him. And there's a lot of people in Portland, and I'm going to try to get an L.A. trip going to at some point and get stuff out there. This podcast here uh, was me and Wando recording at an outdoor bar in New York City when I was up there for my Jean Grey signing. You, you've heard... JD on the podcast before, um, and this was kind of my first attempt to record out in the wild, and I think the sound is going to be okay. Um, I think it's pretty neat. I think it was a nice. Little, we had a great talk. It was a nice little experiment, and this one went longer, so I, um, it made me realize I can do longer ones. So that doesn't mean I need to do longer intros. So uh, enjoy it. Um, I, I ain't got nothing for you, man. That's about all I have. So, uh, check me out. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Inkpulp, I-N-K-P-U-L-P, for everything related to this podcast and my artwork. And you all know the Patreon. Uh, thank you for your continued support, and please help spread the word. Peace. So just talk normal. Cheers, brother. Always, bro. Cheers, man. So, like I was saying, one of the things I want to do is monetize this podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to do that through Patreon. So this, like, episode we're doing now, these, like, one-drink-long episodes will be, like, only for Patreon subscribers. Yes. It'll be a mid-month release. So the big interviews, the first of the month, those will all be free on iTunes. And then mid-month you get these, but you'll get the other ones a month earlier if you're a Patreon subscriber too. I'm figuring it all out. No, dude. In fact, uh, uh, I'm I'm absolutely planning on using Patreon as well for for a project in 2018. Good. We all should be, man. Um, I, I I won't say what it is yet. Yeah, but don't. but it is a comic book project. You know, and your own thing. My own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's it's cool. something. Uh, uh, you know, and I get this is like I mean I'm saying this now on, on the on the podcast. It's the plan, you know? right? I, right. I haven't really finalized anything. You know, the, yeah. the, the idea would be that I would use Patreon as because you know it's not like a, a distribution platform, but it's more no. of a it's a it's a community platform. Right. But I think if you take that community and you decide to like make it exclusive, yeah, like you're right. Only people from Patreon can can read it access this book there, there's people doing that and they're yeah, being I, successful I, I think you kind of have to to force the model here a little bit because I know with like it's that no the, the thing is I was talking to Cameron Stewart about this it's a different audience it's just an audience that we as old timers now aren't in tune with but they're there you just gotta reach them because this is how they take in media now I've been I've been saying this for for, for a long time to myself not like I'm, yeah, I've been I'm out there in the too. industry, but obviously, 
you have to find, everyone talks about new readers, new readers, and it's, it's easy to say, but you have to do things that are actionable in other markets that are yeah. absolutely out there. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm, I'm a member of Behance, which is this, mm-hmm. uh, it's a design network. Yeah. Even though most of my work is comic book stuff, mm-hmm. it connected with the design crowd. You know, so I, I got so much work from Behance, like advertising work and working with huge clients, all based on my comic book work. I ended up getting like over 20,000 followers, but none of these people were like Do you traditional. you to be on it? Or is no, it, it was it, it was like a, a, a like that, like a social network. Mm-hmm. You put on your. I know the name. But it's very it's very design based. A lot right. of awesome designers, like almost that. like fine art designers. Um, but you didn't have a lot of like comic book artists. But I saw how my work kind of connected with this whole other community. And you've been really good about that. In fact, over dinner, that's what I want to talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, you've yeah, tapped into a lot of stuff that I, I would love to tap into somehow. Dude, I'm, I'm uh, another thing I'm working on a, on a um, sort of a physical sculpt, like a, a toy, but more sort of in the, the street art sort of vein. Right, sort of right. Like really beautiful, high-end, almost like modern-day like sculptures yeah, yeah and dude it's all through the, the these comic book projects that, I, that i'm working on but where i'm not traditionally trying to just push it into the comic book industry i'm specifically not going after the comic book market I'm yeah finding i other think channels. that's i honestly think like the comic book market there's an old market which is what we're used right. to and there's a new market which is not comic book exclusive it's all over the place absolutely and if we can tap into that thank you thank you very much Enjoy your night. You too, thanks. If we can tap into that, there's there's more to it, like design, you were saying. I like design, fine art, you know, street art, illustration. Yeah, like canvases and shit like that, like all you, that shit. You know that that's a big part of like what I do anyway. Exactly. So the, the project that I'm doing in 2018, it's actually kind of joined at the hip with uh, a bunch of canvas projects. Oh, that's so awesome. there's this opportunity to like you go to like an art event and you know, the, the comic book medium uh, sometimes doesn't seem to, to let itself get out of this bubble but I think comic art is absolutely like art event driven stuff you know? yeah we gotta so, think bigger you have to We've think it's yeah. so limited absolutely dude like, I mean that's how it that's how the industry was but times have changed you know, the Brooklyn Museum Mocha, there should be museums putting on a modern comic art because comic art in the fine art world has become anything over 50 years old. Right, like old right. School, which is. Which, no, yeah, no that's, 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 that's the big money stuff. I'm talking about, man, I see so much exciting stuff today, dude. It blows my mind, dude. I, I, I just want to be an art collector and collect comic art because I think yeah. it's going, in the 20, 30 years, these pieces are going to be sort of what art history pieces were in, so. in their time, especially if, if you're a draftsman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, I think, is something that's becoming yeah. more rare. Is people are just under such... I was thinking about this yesterday. I was, I was, one artist just posted something on Twitter, and I'm not going to name names, but this artist was like... It was a print for the con. It was like, I just spent three hours inking this. Like, that was, like, unheard of. The idea of spending three hours inking one piece. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like... It should be at least three hours. Like yeah. I've never been a fan of your work because it always it, it's a it's all a shorthand, but not in a good way. Yeah. It's rushed. Yeah. There's shorthand like Bruce Tim, which is mind blowing, but that comes from years of studying and understanding. 
but it seems like a lot of the younger cartoonists are coming in and jumping right to the shorthand, and it just looks off, and the, the, under, the depth of knowledge is gone. Not there. It's not there. That's, I mean, that's, that's also a question, because if you look at comic art and the scope of fine art, fine art has no time limit. Like, right, if right. you're, like, doing art, you know, and it's just for you, and it's for, for your personal expression, and you're working at the highest level, I mean, some of these pieces, there's no time limit. That, that's Absolutely. Comic art, it's, for me, it's always been a, a battle between, you know, time, quality, ratio. There's, that's a like war actual, I've been fighting. Uh, okay, how, I look at it as, like, percentages, you know, and, yeah. I, and I say, okay, I have certain bars in, in like, 50, 60, 70, 80% that I can put into a book. And I always have to hit a sort of balance where like the quality is high enough that lets me hit that deadline. But I know that if I spent another yeah. 10, 20%, which meant 10, 20% more time, it would be absolutely like amazing. So I've, I've tended to focus more now on just telling the story. I used to be more focused on right. like, the craftsmanship of the yeah. inky. Right, see for me it's all of it. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, and a lot of people would say the way I'm thinking is wrong. Because, I, yeah, I am, you're right, it's all about the storytelling, but if I just drew, like if I just inked my thumbnails, I wouldn't feel like I was doing what I wanted to do, what I need to do for me. Um, everyone's got to define it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. for me, like, doing this creator-owned book, I want to do five issues a year and that's it. <laughs> and I want to have the time. Yeah. I mean, that gives me, that's my threshold. I'm not going to like go nuts over rendering and going yeah. crazy, but it's going to give me the time to not feel like I'm sacrificing the quality of my art for the deadline. I don't want to do that. That's a, that's something I don't want to do anymore. I mean, a, a, another thing I can share with you is that the, the book that I'm planning, exact same thing, dude, six issues. Yeah. And I would sort of double the time that I normally take now for one issue. Yeah. Because I, I do a book a month. Yeah, like, I know. No I know. I, I, I'm and I do watching you. And so inks and colors, you know, it's usually, it takes up the whole month. Yeah. But I was like, what, what if I could just sort of just work on my book and instead of putting the pressure of putting, putting out 10, 12 books, just one volume a year, you know, five, six issues. Yep. So that I could double the quality ratio. Exactly. So I can explore that part of the comic craft. And then you've got gallery pieces. And yeah. Yeah, you've got all that stuff. Well, yeah. that, that, that stuff I would consider like gallery pieces. Absolutely. A lot of the work I do for, for my regular day job, I consider art as well because they're up for sale and, right. and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I know that they were created for, let's get the story out. Yeah. Right. It's become, I mean, comics have always been very, they started out as a very disposable medium. Right. Get it done and get it out. But as printing technology progressed and what you could reproduce changed and I mean just in the 80s we started to be exposed to different artists like someone like Bill Sienkiewicz who came in oh. with like fine art and Jesus. David Mazzucchelli like they came in and made you rethink what a comic book would look like I mean I understand storytelling 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 but to me having the art enrich the entire world adds to the story Someone who's just drawing rectangular buildings with squares for windows, that doesn't feel like a world I can immerse myself in, so it takes me out of the story. And in the same vein, when it's just a like a stat photograph background, it takes me out of the story. You're right. So <laughs> No no, I, I I absolutely you know I'm a I'm a craftsman. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about you know, what you put on the board, you know. Um, 
and I, I've been feeling this like very much the same way, which is why I kind of want to do this this project of mine, and hopefully that'll just be all I do as well. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Where I don't have to sort of always constantly. So then the trick is right. The trick then is how do we support a family? Because that's the other end of this. We have a family. We have families. So you've got to you've got to have a schedule that allows the money to come in at a certain pace, unless you're like at the top of the game and you're making killer cash. So again, Patreon. Yeah, I brings it right back to it. I like the, the the idea of having a community. I joined myself. Yeah, uh, and I allocated. Uh, I said I'm going to give uh, ten artists, you know, one dollar a month mm-hmm. uh, for whatever a year. Yeah. you know, just to kind of be a part of it. You know, out of pocket, what is that, hundred twenty dollars? Yeah, a year. It's nothing. But I give one dollar to ten artists, and it's the power of sort of compounding and aggregating yeah. all these, these different people that would just give you a little bit. Yeah. You know, because the margins in comics are like, you know, we're chasing after the same pie. Yeah, and it's the same, it's the same pie, but it's also the same group of people. The same people, Reading it, like, it's a a finite amount of people that are going to buy your comic, unless you you reach out. You know, and and then you're also kind of trapped, too, because if you try to sell digitally through, you know, Comixology or whatnot, you're still kind of bounded by very expensive digital comics. Right. I I think a digital comic... Well, let me, think about this. One thing I'm really looking into, and the job I'm doing for this video game company, the comic will be for the phone. That's their primary target readership. Their first issue saw three million downloads. Oh, wow, look at that. Comic books yeah. can't fathom those kind of numbers. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So that's how younger generations take in, in comics. Yeah. So you gotta think, I mean, for me, like, while, we're, while the idea that I'm working on is for print, <clears throat> I'm working on it with the idea that this will also find a home on the phone in some way, shape, or form. So the pacing has to be handled differently, more like manga, I think. The text, words, they're gonna take up a lot more space on the page. So you're looking at like two to three panel pages or a screen. So it's gonna pace the story out differently, but you know, it's a company webtoon right now. I was just everything that like you're yeah. mentioning is like exactly what I'm what what, what I'm it's on. It's progressive right now. thinking. It's uh, how we have to be thinking. It, right look, now. it's it's a format. Like instead of saying that I can't sort of pigeonhole comic book art form into the the webtoons format, you have to think how can I take the webtoon format and inject a comic book aesthetic right. to it. So I like seeing like I saw the the. Dean Haspiel's one? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, was it uh, Red Hook? I don't remember. I think, um, yeah. I, I liked it because it was, it was one of the few ones that I that I saw that was thinking of the format and doing and yeah. designing. Yeah. A, a lot of them are like, you have like a panel and there's like a, just a bunch of white space and then like another panel. Yeah. And it's, it's supposed to be so that you can have continuous scrolling. Yeah. And I get that because the phone is... Right, but you still, I think you still have to... See, when I was talking to Webtoons and I was talking to the writer that I'm going to work with, we were talking about this. You still have to consider the screen as a unit of story, the same way you think of a page as a unit of story. And ju- and what makes it a comic? Because what some people tend to do is just one panel per screen. Right. And it's no longer a comic as I see it, because a comic is about juxtaposing words and images together, not just one panel and one balloon, but seeing this panel and this panel next to each other and how they, how they work together. That's what makes a comic. So. Yeah, it's 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 Wild West. Listen, I, I've never been a fan of the of the guided view. Uh, 
I mean, I turn it off. And I don't I like that either. I, don't I mean, like I, either. I, I bought the iPad Pro for one reason, and it was to read digital comics. Me too. Oh, I bought the iPad for that, but, but I stopped. But, but I the stopped iPad Pro them. is sort of like almost omnibus size. So it's almost right, like, but like even, 9 by 12. Right, okay, now that I understand. But even then, I just felt like if I'm reading on this screen, I'm reading something that was not made for this screen. It was made for a book. And a book has limitations that are not the same as this screen. So ultimately, I just found myself going back to the book because I, I wasn't enjoying the experience of the screen. Now, the iPad Pro and the size of that might have been better. I was on a regular iPad, not a mini. And still, it was just a lot of zooming in and zooming out. So this, this is what I'm saying, because the iPad Pro is larger than a comic book. Right. A okay, normal size. Okay, that makes sense. So for me, it was um, it's basically like omnibus size. Right. You know, where That's it's big, yeah. like that and then sure. the, the cover. So I was, but the the previous iPad, I couldn't read it either. It was still a little bit mm -hmm. smaller than, than regular comic yeah, size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought that this iPad Pro for me was like, okay, this is how I'm reading. Because I'm in J Japan most of the time. Right. So I don't have access to like a lot of the, the, the books that I want. Right. So I do go on Comixology, even though it is kind of a pain to go on the website, buy it, and then go. Yeah, it. that's a pain in the ass too. The, it didn't start out. People like don't realize that. how convenience and streamlining so is, is vital to selling something. Brings you back to but, that phone. Uh, yeah, when you don't yeah. have to pick up another device to read it, you're going to get more readers. Exactly. Exactly. So. So I mean, one of the things I'm thinking of is, regardless of the publisher we go through, is releasing the first half of every issue for free on the phone. That's That'll yeah. help drive yeah. the book sales. Yeah. yeah. And there's ways to format it where it'll work on the phone and on the printed page the same. I don't know. This is a, it's a, I think it's an exciting time. No, I think it, you have to also separate yourself from that mindset yeah. of, I need work, I need money, because this industry nurtures that in you, because they need you there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the publishers need you thinking like that so they can keep their machine running, because everything we're talking about kind of disrupts their machine unless they change. Yeah. And they're very against change right now. Which is why it's really, the game is at independent creators, you know, like like those are the guys that are gonna be driving innovation in comics. Yeah. That's why us doing our own books or our own projects gives us sort of leverage to experiment, you know, cause I'm not doing Patreon, like I'm not gonna need it to pay my rent. Upfront. Right. Like, like right. I can afford to take some risks and, oh, that's and, and some chances and kind of play it out for a little bit, see how the audience reacts to, to, to what I want to put out. That's good. If I make it exclusive, you know, and, and I'm doing like like grassroots where I'm just like asking friends, hey dude, would you support, you know, 99 cents a month uh, yeah. uh, for a, a subscription? And I, and I kind of learned this, this lesson where like, if you're a content creator, no matter what mm -hmm. you do, at some point you have to, the only way to align yourself with your audience is through some kind of monetary exchange where they're committed to you yes. via some kind of sub subscription service. Right. Uh, whether it's, I mean, that's what Netflix and Amazon Prime yeah. and HBO Well, that's Go. the model. That's and it. the other thing is, look at how we're consuming media. That's That gets oh, back yeah. to me doing five issues a year because what people are doing is they're getting a season dumped on them at once and then they're, they're tearing through it at their own pace and then they wait for the next season. So, you know, it's just like comics were built on this model where every month you need an issue, right. the same way every week you need an episode, things are changing. Totally. So changed. putting out yeah. five issues a year and possibly dumping them quickly 
And then people waiting a year for the next five might work. You know, it, that's very interesting. I mean, because I think I was still thinking of, of a monthly kind of schedule because we're so ingrained with that. And again, a, a monthly Webtoon schedule. Webtoon is weekly. Webtoon is Webtoon going is, weekly. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking of like, if you do a full issue, but you have all five issues done, you do one one a week. I guess there, there, there have been like... Yeah, but if you're printing, I think that's a problem. Printing, you can't. Because asking someone be, to spend yeah. money every no, week no, no, is no, a problem. It's, it's, it's got to be every be month. Digital, you know, right. To kind of give people that, that binge factor. Because you're then right. The other thing yeah. is with your Patreon content, after you've got like a vol... Not a, not a floppy, but like a volume yes. of work, you can then kickstart a printed collection it's all about of the going, stuff you've already done. Dude, it's so all it's about going... passive income. It's all about going in reverse. Like, I thought about, okay, if I drop a, a, a comic book and it's a digital comic, uh, that value of having a floppy, you know, I, I don't have it. I can't hold it in, in, mm -hmm. in my hands. But let's say you get to a certain point, because I think the only way to combat these prices in comics, you can't lower them. So you no. have to turn them into super oh. high-selling right. objects. Right, you can't lower them because of the printing costs. Yeah. So you eliminate the printing costs for for a lot of the work and then you do those nice print yeah. runs like you're talking about. Because the people who buy books want art books. Exactly. They want pieces of art. Exactly. They don't want things that you throw away. Well, I think the, the omnibus market, I mean, that's, yeah. that's where you want to get to. Exactly. You, you want to get two to three years of, of just regular graphic a novels. A really nice designed hardcover. And then these beautiful dude I've, be, I've become like a collector of, yeah. like for me they gotta be oversized and big giant all the absolutes all the omnibuses yeah. uh, I, I think that market's doing well for, for like prestige books at that format you know yeah. and, as, and as we get more of these properties like the, the, that become television shows and movies I mean comic books aren't going anywhere dude no <laughs> no the medium isn't going anywhere whether no. it's this uh, you know Netflix buying you know Millar World or that was huge. Acquiring. That's, that's huge because it, it, it tells the industry that a comic book creator is really a, a fountain of ideas. And yeah. that's where you kind yeah. of generate. I think artists need to, to pay attention to that a little more because. I, I guess you're right. because I Mark Millar gets yeah. a lot of credit for the work that a whole team of artists have done. And he's very fair and generous yeah. to his creators, but just the perception that people. Well, just what listen, people see. The, the writer is without a doubt. The sort of king that's that's driving storytelling in comics. I think a lot of the great books are definite collaborations. That's why you see a lot of image books with one artist and one writer. You know, there's not yeah. a team of people like right. rotating. Well, I, I just I would just like to see more uh, artists yeah. kind of take on yeah, they stories of of, 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 of of their own. Yeah, I mean Sean right. Murphy's whole he's attitude a, towards writing, writing stuff is now right. Yeah, but his whole attitude was like, he looked at the, the what was out there and he was like, the bar is so low, I can be a mediocre writer and do well. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, it really is true. There's not a lot of comics nowadays that I really are written well that I enjoy reading. When I think back to when I fell in love with comics and what I was reading, there's not a lot of that now. Yeah. Well, I think there's ideas. a lot of stuff, and I'm not sure how many books you get to read. Uh, uh, there's a lot places. out there. Yeah. There's just not a lot I enjoy reading. So, I mean, how, how often do you read? Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. If you want another one, just let me know. We'll be good. Thanks. We're going to get dinner. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, like like are, do, do you read like on a daily basis? Do you, you go to the store, pick it up? Like, There's not much I'm terribly interested in these days. Yeah. There's stuff I, I mean, I'm reading comics I read when I was a kid again because okay. I'm getting so excited about it. I mean, I'm, I'm very I'm, like... I'm trying the Webtoons thing. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I mean, even with the image, there's... There's just very few books that I really read that I love reading. I mean, I think the last book I really couldn't stop reading was BPRD, the John R. Cutie stuff. That was, that was great. I mean, those I couldn't stop reading. Like, I haven't felt that in a comic in a while. I mean, I love Stray Bullets, Dave Lapham. Anything he puts out, I'm going to want to read to death. Anything Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov do, I'm going to want to read to death. But there's not a lot of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out because I, I try like my best, you know, like digitally to, to, to catch up on some stuff. But honestly, I, I'm, I'm not able to read about 80 to 90 percent of what comes out. And I feel like I got to put on a different hat uh, for That's that. fair. Like, that's fair. And I, I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. Time yeah. isn't there. I, mean, I, I see the artwork because I, I mean, I love following yeah, I mean, like, I, like my the favorite The comics artists. I buy now are mainly because I want to look at the artwork. Yeah, yeah so we, we kind of got that hook where like, you know, sometimes I don't even care what's written. Yeah. The artist just, is like doing I feel work. like what's missing, there, there's a few of them. There's a few writers that I feel like they have a voice. I think what a writer needs is a voice and a POV. Yeah. And I feel like writers today are fans of the material they're writing and there's no voice. You know, they grew up loving this character, so they're gonna write this character. But when I read, when I read like, Born Again, I wasn't reading someone who was a fan of Daredevil. I was reading someone who had something to say, and Daredevil was the vehicle for which to say it. And there's not a lot of that around. Well, it's all very, it's like fan fiction. Yeah. What we're reading is fan fiction in so many titles. Now, do you view this in the, the, the <clears throat> sort of paradigm of superheroes? Or yeah, you... a lot of that, but so when those writers then go to yeah. image, the lack of voice carries over. Okay. And I feel like it's all, it's all concepts. It's all like, it's all, high con it's all an idea, and that's what sells, and that's what sells to other media like movies yeah. and TV. What a cool concept, but again, I, I didn't read Hemingway books for their concept. I read them for how he told me the story. And, uh, Elmore Leonard. I, it wasn't about like it wasn't like what a, what a cool That's concept. Cool. It wasn't about that. Yeah. It was how the story unfolded and who these characters were. And I got involved and I got invested. And I don't see a lot of that. Yeah, no, it's, it's it brings up a lot of questions, man. I mean, we we live in a time where our attention span is is pretty much so fragmented yeah. that you know, like long form reading or sort of deep thinking is, is something that's really rare today. I think there's just no time for people to. So yeah, I, I look good, at the comic book medium. To have. Yeah, the, the the comic book medium is sort of bulletproof in that it's something you can read. It's something that can be joined together and become long form. Yeah. Where it could be as impactful as a as a novel, and and, and I think it has the potential to be yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like like let's look at Breaking Bad as yeah. a TV series, it had a lot of depth to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a cool concept, but it was so much more than that. It was characters that were really well developed and cared about, but it was also visually a unique storytelling device to show itself. So people invested in that. So, but what what it what made it work was. The idea and the concept of it was sensational enough for a casual viewer to love it, but then someone like me who asked more of it got that as well. 
And I think that's 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 the dance. Yeah. And that 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 show just had such craftsmanship, man. But The Wire wasn't made for a disposable audience. That was no. made for a thinker. Yeah. And they're out there. Yeah. I mean, I think we're be I think people become too dismissive of the audience when they when they think they need to dumb it down. I, I think the I think the reader would really respond to something that that's, has depth to it. You know what? I'm 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 excited even more now for like working on my own projects because I think everything you're saying is kind of things that I would be tackling. Like, I, I wouldn't even write it like a comic. I'm just writing it, you know, with that in mind. Yeah, like, like that's, I just want, the, that's the vehicle to tell your story. Yeah, and, and, and things should be sort of, like, layered and nuanced and subtle, especially exactly. in a world where, like... Where is subtlety now? Subtlety everything is Everything is so, right? Everything is Good in your bad, face. Good or bad, black and white. It's just in your face. You're on this side or that side. And you're nobody has... Nobody takes risks. Yeah. Everyone's too afraid of someone on Twitter saying something. People don't realize that when you have this onslaught of people complaining to you, that's good. Yeah. That's attention. <laughs> like, don't argue back. Don't apologize. Just be silent and let them create a storm. Because three days from then, they're going to be on to something else. Sure. And you didn't do anything wrong unless you did. <laughs> and if you did, then apologize. But... The writer I'm working with, we talked about this because he got—he was in a situation where something happened in his book where one char- a fictional character said to another fictional character something that offended the trans community. But these are fictional characters. And when we are censoring what fictional characters say to each other, we're in a dangerous place. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dangerous. Because they're fictional characters. Uh, uh, that's part of having sort of really creative freedom to, to, to write dialogue and language even if that person isn't of that particular creed if you've or, got a yeah exactly if you've got a character who's a racist they should be a racist yeah. and you should feel the power of their words in the story and they should upset you yeah. but then to complain to the author is ludicrous yeah there's, the, there's, there's no real answer to that I mean someone will always be bothered or offended by something someone right. else does. Exactly. So the so point being stop apologizing and yeah. stop acknowledging. I would just be like for me everything is everything is like broken down into data and percentages. So it's not that 100% of the audience loved my book. As long as it's like yo 75 80% of the people liked it. Yeah. I have no problem with people who don't like anything. Right. You know. But it's it's the flip side. If 80% of people sort of hate your work, you're going to feel shitty and you're going to feel, like, yeah. depressed. Because I think artists are always sensitive about Sure, like I mean, that, that's hard. You know? But I think ultimately... I think you just got to find your audience and work for them. Exactly. Dude. Work for no. you. You got to work for you. I, I think you're, you have you know, to answer to yourself. And the people that like what you do, that's all that as is. long as you treat yourself, yeah. they're going to like it. Because they're fans of what you have to say and how you do it. That's it. That's very much in, in keeping it real, you know, yeah. kind of mentality. Like if you, if you truly are, I mean, it sounds almost cliche, but no, it's really true. If you do what you do, and there's like no shame in it, and no regret. And no yeah, there shouldn't be. People will respect your voice and your vision. People will respect you if you fail, if you, if yeah. you fall down. Yeah, if you try. As long as you're just real about it, exactly. man. Exactly. You don't try to fucking play people. Absolutely right. You know, as long so as I've, I've always just. People have said to me, like, like we've had conversations, like, how does, like, for example, this comedian, how does Bill Burr get away with saying these things? Well, he gets away with it because he's just being honest and genuine. He's not trying to be 
subversive. He's not trying to say something just to get a rise out of you. He's just being himself. And I think as long as you're just yourself, you're good. Big brother's watching, son. <laughs> yeah, but again, if they start complaining, enjoy it because that's going to raise awareness. Well, it, it's funny because I, I, you know, think about Orwell and the whole Big Brother is watching. It's like, oh man, Big Brother is actually social media. Oh yeah. That's, that's oh yeah. The, it's, we're Big Brother. We, yeah, that's we the scary are, thing like, about yeah, it. It's not perpetuating this, this. It's not this sort of oversight. That's no, like, it's not the overseer. It's no, us. No, no, no. We created. We, yeah. we are like our own. Which is, I guess, here you go. Like organisms that yeah. you know, weeding out the weak. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, oh, it's crazy. It's All right, you ready to go eat? Let's do it, man. All right, let's shut it down. Absolutely, dude.